0: Hospitals and clinics in remote and largely rural communities like Nyangosra in Afajato South, Afram Plains, Yagabak, or Yunyo had difficulty of getting medical supplies, especially in times of emergencies involving snake bites, childbirth, blood loss, floods, and so on. Many lives are needlessly lost because the hospitals are unable to access critically needed supplies on time. To address this problem, Ghana opted to partner ZipLine, the world's largest automated on-demand delivery service for medical supplies. We've established six ZipLine distribution centers in Omanako, in the eastern region, in Payah, Ashanti, Mampong, Vopsi, in the northeast region, Seshiwioso, Ketikrakshi, Enum, and ZipLine has made millions of deliveries of medicines, blood and vaccines to many remote parts of Ghana and has saved many lives. Ladies and gentlemen, ZipLine services are available 24 hours a day. I should add, I should add rather proudly that Ghana is currently has the largest medical drone delivery service in the whole world. The whole world. What is even more impressive, more impressive, is that the drone centers are 100% manned by young, talented Ghanaians. They are manning all of the drones. Ladies and gentlemen, in 2019, I challenged the Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana during their annual meeting in Ho, to go digital and place all pharmacies in Ghana on a digital platform for ease of access by Ghanaians. The Pharmacy Council, in collaboration with the private sector, has completed the work on a digital platform for all pharmacies in Ghana. Basically, the National Electronic Pharmacy Platform will offer the opportunity For everybody through a mobile phone to upload your prescriptions and find out which pharmacies near you have the medicines. Secondly, you can compare the prices of the same drug offered by the different pharmacies and decide where you want to order from. And those orders will be delivered using your digital address at home. Ghanaians will experience the e-pharmacy Platform in full operation this year when every pharmacy is onboarded. E pharmacy services will be available 24 hours a day. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, over the last seven years, we have witnessed what some international (laughs) observers. But this dig- extraordinary digitalization has not happened in a vacuum. We have had to put in place critical infrastructure to support digitalization. I should note that 93 percent of the NCA licensed fiber optic cable in Ghana, the Total license fiber optic cable is 7,234 kilometers, but 93% of that was put in place since 2017, since 2017. In addition, we've implemented a national government cloud infrastructure, cyber security infrastructure, deployed the public key infrastructure, PKI, to provide another layer of security to students, to citizens, to support digitalization. Ladies and gentlemen, what is remarkable about Ghana's digitalization journey is that the various initiatives were implemented using local IT companies and local talent. It was deliberately done that way. So, ladies and gentlemen, if as my prospective employer, you ask me the question, so Dr. Baumia, you want to be president of Ghana. Can you tell us what you did for Ghana in your capacity as vice president? I will say, in response, that I have, with the support of the president, I've had the honor and the privilege to be given the opportunity to initiate, champion, or oversee many problem-solving policy initiatives. Many of these include many of the digitalization initiatives that I have just discussed, the no guarantor student loans with the Ghana one constituency, one ambulance, zip line, drones, agenda 111, the Sino-Hydrobata agreement, provision of hydroxyurea for sickle cell patients, Zongo Development Fund, the Bank of Ghana Gold Pages program, the gold for oil policy, abolishing
1: the filling of unmagazine go ride Taxi Service, the system to tackle ghost names on the public
0: payroll, and many more. It is to note that many of the transformational policy initiatives we have introduced since 2017 are being done for the first time since independence. What is interesting is that because many of them have not been done before, many people who think in terms of impossibility argue that they were not possible but we have made them possible. (laughs) Criticisms. Criticisms and name-calling eventually gave way to reality as the nation is greatly benefiting from these initiatives. What we have been able to accomplish so far shows that it is possible for Ghana to achieve many things that some believe to be impossible. It is possible if we put our minds to it. We need to break the shackles of impossibility and embrace the mindset of possibility. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I now come to my vision.
2: Gentlemen,
1: as
0: Vice President, I am like a driver's mate. But by the grace of God, if you make me the President, I will be in the driver's seat with constitutional. I will be in the driver's seat with constitutionally mandated authority to pursue my vision and my priorities. So what do I want to do in terms of vision and priorities and policies if you give me the opportunity by the grace of God to become president of the Republic of Ghana, Ladies and gentlemen, in this regard, I have, been, I have been engaged in a lot of consultation and doing a lot of thinking in the last few months about the lessons of the last seven years, as well as my vision and priorities as I seek to become President of the Republic of Ghana. Clearly, the initial conditions that we inherited in 2017 are not the same as will be in 2025. Therefore, my priorities will be different. We have done many good things, and I will be seeking to build upon them. My vision, ladies and gentlemen, is to create a tent big enough to accommodate all our people, to tap into the resourcefulness and talents of our people, irrespective of our different ethnic, political, and religious backgrounds, to channel our energies into building the kind of country that assures Food, self sufficient, safe, prosperous, and a dignified future for all Ghanaians. <clears throat> to create sustainable jobs with meaningful pay for all and for Ghana to participate fully in the fourth industrial revolution using systems and data. To realize this vision, We must have a mindset of possibilities and not impossibilities. The challenges we must overcome as a country are too important to let our political differences derail us. There is a critical failure of mindset that manifests itself in the absence of core values, patriotism, and principles within our society. We... We need to invigorate the can-do spirit of the Ghanaian to believe that we can do better than we have ever imagined if we put our minds to it. For example, our students from Girls Senior High School and Premier College have won international robotic competitions against their peers in the US, Germany and South Korea. We must apply the same mindset of beating the world in robotics, singathons, and cookathons to every sphere of economic activity. We must believe, we must believe that it is possible. This must be inculcated in our children from home and in school. This is why we are going to introduce a growth mindset curriculum in our schools to help students build critical skills such as problem-solving, risk-taking, opportunity spotting, and design thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, in the area of macroeconomic stability, a major goal of my government, would be to sustain and sustain macroeconomic stability with low inflation, low interest rates, exchange rate stability, and low budget deficits. In terms of prudently managing our expenditures, to reduce the budget deficit and interest rates, my government will enhance fiscal discipline through an independent Fiscal Responsibility Council enshrined in the fiscal responsibility act 2018 act 982 the fiscal responsibility act will also be amended to add a fiscal rule that requires that budgeted expenditure in any year does not exceed 105% of the previous year's tax revenue this will be this will prevent the experience of budgetary expenditures based on optimistic revenue for- forecasts, which many a time do not materialize. Ladies and gentlemen, furthermore, my government will reduce the fiscal burden on government by leveraging the private sector. Under the two term administration of my boss, His Excellency Nanadu Dankwa Kufuado's government, we have put in place many social safety nets, like free SHS, free TVET, and so on. With all these social safety nets in place, my government will now focus on jobs and wealth creation by the private sector for all Ghanaians. My administration... <laughs> will incentivize the private sector to complement government in the provision of many infrastructure and other services to reduce government expenditure and improve maintenance. The private sector will be encouraged to build roads, schools, hostels and houses for government to rent or lease to homes. The demand for roads construction is massive, and this has historically placed a huge burden on the budget. I believe that the private sector should finance the construction and maintenance of roads through PPP concession arrangements. Also, the government will move towards leasing rather than purchasing vehicles, printing equipment, and so on. The private sector will have the responsibility for maintaining the vehicles and the equipment. With this approach, government can save very significant outright cash-out expenditure annually from, um, from various items across different ministries, departments and agencies. This policy will energize the private sector and create many jobs. Enhancing the role of the private sector... Along with fiscal and administrative decentralization, improving our systems and the way our institutions function will lead to greater efficiency, cutting waste and ensuring value for money in procurement. The move towards private sector provision of many public services would create the fiscal space of at least 3% of GDP annually. This represents a major paradigm shift. Additionally, an efficient system of governance will require even fewer ministers. I would have, therefore, no more than 50 ministers and deputy ministers. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about our tax system. To increase government tax revenue, we have to reform and refocus the Ghana Revenue Authority towards broadening the tax base. Unfortunately, the pressure that is placed on GRA staff to collect revenues makes them focus on existing taxpayers. Sometimes, they even have to go and sit in people's shops to monitor sales. A process known as invigilation. In fact, many businesses feel harassed by this process and the constant audits of their operations. So this has to stop. We must strike the right balance between collecting revenue and allowing businesses to thrive. Our job is to protect the productive forces. The World Bank has estimated that revenues amounting to 13% of GDP, that is 24 billion US dollars in 2023, are not collected because people are outside the tax net. Half or a quarter of this annual... of all businesses in Ghana with appropriate exemption threshold to to protect the poor. With a new flat tax regime, a tax return should be able to be completed in just a few minutes. We will also simplify our complicated corporate tax system and VAT regime. To start the new tax system on a clean slate, My government will provide a tax amnesty that is a complete exemption from payment of taxes for a specified period and waiving the interest and penalties up to a certain year to individuals and businesses for failures to file taxes in previous years so that everybody will start afresh. digitalization will be implemented across all aspects of tax administration. Everyone will be required to file a very simple tax return electronically through their mobile phone or computer. There will be no manual or paper filing of taxes under my administration. (laughs) Assessments by GRA will also be faceless. Faceless assessments will provide transparency and accountability. There will be no need to send GRA to officers to go and sit in shops. E-invoicing has been implemented by the GRA will be extended to all companies. Estonia, India and Mexico provide very useful models for Ghana in the area of tax digitalization. Ladies and gentlemen, in addition, any audits by GRA will also be done electronically and facelessly. Furthermore, no entity will be audited more than once in five years unless anomalies are detected with the individual or company does not correct after being given the opportunity to do so. We will amend the law such so that if there is a dispute about tax assessment. A binding arbitration will take place through a body constituted by institutions such as the Ghana Arbitration Centre, Institute of Taxation, AGI, Institute of Chartered Accountants, Private Enterprise Foundation, Ghana Employers Association, and so on, with a mandate to resolve any appeal in a maximum of three months. This will not affect companies, however, who by agreements have such arbitrations taking place in international jurisdictions. Ladies and gentlemen, with cuts in government expenditure, the private sector undertaking expenditure that would normally be done by government, and the new tax regime, the flat tax regime, that will enhance compliance, broaden the tax base, and increase tax revenue. With these policies, the situation we are going to face in 2025, is going to be very different from the situation we faced in 2020 and 2022. With the policy measures implemented so far, we have outperformed the IMF fiscal deficit target of 5% by attaining a fiscal deficit target of 4.2% in 2023. The new policies that I am proposing to implement in 2025 the fiscal space to eliminate uh, some taxes such as the proposed VAT on electricity if they are still on the books, the emissions tax and the betting tax without compromising our fiscal deficit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to build a Ghana where we leverage technology, data and systems for inclusive economic growth. I want us to apply digital technology, STEM, robotics, and artificial intelligence for the transformation of agriculture, healthcare, education, manufacturing, fintech, and public service delivery. As part of this process, it is my goal to eliminate digital divide by achieving close to 100% internet penetration in Ghana.
2: We have already
0: made significant progress in this direction by increasing internet penetration from 34% in 2016 to 72% in 2023. So we've more than doubled internet penetration. The task in the next four years is to move from 72% to close to 100% internet penetration. It is possible. I want to see Ghana build the digital talent that we require for the fourth industrial revolution. This will mean providing digital and software skills to hundreds of thousands of youth. This, along with other policies, will create jobs for the youth, including school dropouts. In collaboration with the private sector, we will train at least 1 million youth in IT skills, including software developers, to provide job opportunities worldwide. <laughs> Generally, there will be an enhanced focus on TVET education. Our government will also support the establishment of a National Open University Ghana in collaboration with the private sector, with a focus on technical and vocational skills and ICT. Ladies and gentlemen, to help our youth get jobs, I believe it is time to rethink the concept of the current national service scheme. My government will propose that those who, after completion of their education, can secure jobs, will be exempted from national service. (laughs) National service will no longer be mandatory and students will have the option to decide whether to do national service or not. This will also encourage companies to go to their campuses to recruit annually. This time they don't go because of national service. Ladies and gentlemen, to prepare our children for the fourth industrial revolution workplace, I will enhance the repositioning of the education system towards STEM, robotics, artificial intelligence, and vocational skills to cope with the demands of the fourth industrial revolution and job creation. My government will make coding and robotics standard in senior high school. The foundation for this is being laid with the provision of laptops to senior high school students very soon. Teachers have already been given the requisite training. Following the senior high school, we will also implement a one-student, one laptops policy for tertiary students through the provision of a zero... ...become a digital hub in Africa. Ghana's telecom industry needs more investment. The cost of data... For the ordinary Ghanaian has become too expensive. It goes against the very ethos of our digitalization journey. The industry cannot continue to operate at the efficiency and pricing levels of the least efficient operators. The focus has to be on the best efficiency and price for the consumer. I commit to working with the industry players in setting clear policy guidelines that will remove any investor uncertainty and difficulties in business planning including the expeditious allocation of spectrum driven more by the goal of enhancing digital inclusion and less by revenue consideration another area i want to tackle is reducing the cost of living ladies and gentlemen major priority of my government will be to reduce the cost of living. The cost of living in the world has increased massively following the COVID pandemic and the Russia Ukraine war. Global inflation has increased from 1.55% in 2016 to 8.7% at the end of 2022. That is average. This is a five fold increase. In particular, The increase in the cost of living has been driven by increases in food prices, energy prices, housing rents, and transport prices. Therefore, any attempt to reduce the cost of living on a sustainable basis must tackle agriculture, energy, housing, and transport prices. And that is exactly what I am going to do. I want a Ghana where we attain food security through the application of technology and irrigation to commercial large-scale farming. We will also promote the use of agricultural lime to reduce the acidity of our soils. We enhance soil fertility and get more yield from the application of fertilizer. Ghana has an abundance of limestone to do this. I will also prioritize the construction of the Pualugu Dam by using private sector financing to crowd in grant financing. My administration will also work to reduce the cost of public transport between 30 and 40 percent with the adoption of electric vehicles for public transportation. The public transport pricing formula is dominated by two variables, the price of fuel and the price of spare parts. Electric vehicles do not use petrol or diesel, and the spare parts are minimal. That is what will bring down the fares for electric vehicles. More the- in constant and large increases of faith that we have been witnesses will become a thing of the past. Under uh, a housing for all policy, I will also have a major focus on the provision of public housing in the same manner that Singapore did. We will partner with the private sector to build large housing estates as we have started doing without the government having to borrow or spend. Also, the National Rental Assistance Scheme, which is working so well, will be enhanced to deal with the problem of demands for rent advance of two years and more. Ladies and gentlemen, as part of the effort to reduce the cost of living, my government will implement policies to have energy self-sufficiency at reduced cost through solar and other renewables with the application of market efficiency to the energy market. We will diversify the generation mix by introducing 2000 megawatts of solar power and additional wind power through independent power producers to reduce our dependence on oil and gas by the end of my first term in office. Dependence on oil and gas by the end of my first term in office. Introducing solar power will significantly reduce the cost of electricity. The fact that the current residential, commercial, and industrial consumers' power is still neither reliable nor competitive is the testament that the regulatory and administrative measures so far implemented have not fully achieved the objectives we have set for ourselves in dealing with the legacy issues we inherited. Therefore, like the telecom market, we shall work to bring efficiency of markets and expand competition from the more private sector participation in generation and retail. With reliable and cost-competitive power We will attract more manufacturing capacity into the country, create jobs, improve services, export more products, and support our AFCFTA strategy to improve the participation of Ghanaian industries in intra-African exports and trade. Ladies and gentlemen, to assist in the transition to green energy, my government will abolish import duty on solar panels so that we can bring in more. I now turn to our natural resources. Ladies and gentlemen, as President, I will usher into Ghana a golden age for the maximization of the benefits from our natural resources like gold, lithium, bauxite, and so on. The key to doing this is value addition and Ghanaian ownership. We need a new paradigm in natural resource contracts. Some of the key policies I will implement to maximize our benefits from our natural resources will include the formalization, regularization and regulation of environmentally sustainable small-scale mining. About one million people are engaged in small-scale mining in Ghana. Our goal would be to help grow small-scale mining companies into large-scale companies with capacity building and assisting them to access finance for acquiring equipment. We intend to create many millionaires in the small-scale mining industries. My government will support the Minerals Commission and key stakeholders to formalize the artisanal and small-scale gold mining sector with the objective of ensuring that activities of the entire value chain are sustainably and responsibly done so that most of the gold produced by this sector can be sold to the Bank of Ghana and be eligible to be part of Ghana's gold reserves at the Central Bank. In line with this, we will license all miners doing responsible mining. District mining committees, including the chiefs, will provide initial temporary licenses to the miners. As long as miners mine within the limits of their licenses, that is, no mining in river bodies and so on, as long as they mine within the limits of their licenses, there will no longer be any seizure or banning of
2: excavators.
0: I will fully decentralize the Minerals Commission as well as the Environmental Protection Agency and, and ensure that they are all present in mining districts. Ghanaian small-scale mining operator will register under the Ghana Small-Scale Miners Association with the Ghana CAR. We will, in collaboration with the large mining companies, convert abandoned shafts into community mining schemes, and we will open more and new community mining schemes. District mining committees should, would be responsible for reclamation and replanting, and we will institute a pension scheme for small-scale miners like we have done for cuckoo farms. We will introduce vocational and skills training on sustainable mining for small-scale miners in the curriculum of TVET institutions and provide equipment to government authorities in the mining communities to undertake reclamation of land. Ladies and gentlemen, we will also set up a state-of-the-art common-user gold processing units in mining districts in collaboration with the private sector. My government will also conduct an audit of all concessions with various licenses and new applications. This will allow government to know licenses that have expired and non-compliance with licensing conditions. To encourage exploration, I will abolish the VAT on exploration services, like I say, to encourage more exploration. We will establish, in collaboration with the private sector, a minerals development bank. Just as we have a great development bank for agriculture, we will have a minerals development bank for the miners to support the industry. We will establish through the private sector the London Bullion Market Association Certified Gold Refinery in Ghana within four years. And all responsibly mined, small-scale gold produced will be sold to the central bank, the PMMC, or the Minerals and Income Investment Fund, MIF, and will be required all the small-scale gold mined in Ghana, there will be a requirement that they are refined before they leave Ghana. We'll have to refine them before. Ladies and gentlemen, the increase in Ghana's gold reserves to support the city. Ladies and gentlemen, a major factor influencing macroeconomic stability is the consistent depreciation of the city against foreign currencies. This is usually caused by pressure on our foreign exchange reserves. Appreciably, increasing our reserves of gold at the central bank combined with prudent fiscal policy is therefore one of the surest ways to keep the exchange rate stable. Two policies that helped to rescue the economy from catastrophe in the recent crisis were the Bank of Ghana's gold purchase program and the gold for oil program. The domestic gold purchase program of the Bank of Ghana is a program where the central bank boosts its foreign exchange reserves by buying locally produced gold with cities. Before this program, the total of Ghana's gold reserves since independence was 8.7 tons. That's the total we held since independence. This compares to 2,352 tons for Germany, 2,814 tons for the IMF, 2,451 tons for Italy, and 8,133 tons for the United States. It did not make sense to me that Ghana, the largest gold producer in Africa, will have some of the slowest holdings of gold reserves in the world. So I proposed to the Bank of Ghana to start a gold purchase program. The gold for oil program, on the other hand, allows the payment for oil imports with gold. So importers provide cities with the Bank of Ghana uses to buy gold and pays the suppliers of the oil. This reduces the pressure on Ghana's foreign exchange reserves and stabilizes the rate. Ladies and gentlemen, it will interest you to know that since this program started, the Bank of Ghana has purchased 26 tons of gold at $1.73 billion. The Government of Ghana's gold for oil program, which also started in late December 2022, has purchased 16 tons of gold at 1.06 billion dollars that has been available for the import of petroleum products together the goal for reserves and the goal for oil programs have unlocked 2.79 billion dollars to meet external payments of the country in just over a year these two policies have allowed us to build foreign exchange reserves and pay for critical imports like fuel Stabilize the exchange and stabilize the exchange rate. It is important to note that the 2.7 billion that we have unlocked is almost equivalent to the $3 billion loan that we have obtained from the IM, which is going to be disbursed over three years. What is clear to me is that if we have started implementing these policies, say 20 years ago. Ghana would be in a very different situation today, but it is never too late, and we have started, and we will continue. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, given the large amount of gold reserves Ghana has, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Ghana has seven large gold belts stretching from Axim and Winneba. To Nangodi and Laura, according to the Geological Survey Department, the belts cover an area of 43,000 square kilometres, with about 50% that is 21,000 kilometres not yet explored. The conservative estimate is that the potential quantum of gold in these unexplored belts is around. 5 billion ounces. This has a market value today of 10 trillion US dollars. My government will engage exploration experts from the universities and the geological institutions to assist in exploring our seven gold belts. However, if even only five percent of the 5 billion ounce estimate materialized. Only 5%. It will be a game changer for Ghana. My government will provide the Geological Survey Department and our universities with resources and one to undertake a mapping of areas where we have gold reserves. As a matter of policy, we will legislate That concessions in areas with proven gold reserves that we'll find, 100% of those concessions will be given to Ghanaians and and, uh, for for operations. We can easily raise the capital required and hire the expertise once the gold reserves are proven. Our policy will be to build Ghana's gold reserves appreciably. To reach a point where we have sufficient gold reserves to keep the, our external payments position sustainably strong, this, along with a supportive, with su- supportive fiscal discipline, will provide long-term stability for the exchange rate of the city, and at the same time reduce our dependence on the eurobond market for finance. I believe that the maximization of the benefits from our natural resources will help create jobs, improve livelihoods, and also improve the conditions of service of Ghanaian workers. I now come to industry, industrialization. Ladies and gentlemen, I will continue our policy of industrialization in areas such as agro-processing, cocoa, cashew, share nuts, and so on. Salt, gold, lithium refining and manufacture of batteries and automobile assembly in ma- and manufacturing. And also empower lo- the local business sector, especially startups and SMEs, to drive investment and growth in Ghana, thus significantly boosting job creation. We must also protect local industry from smuggled imports that evade import duties. Ladies and gentlemen, special economic zones will be created. These are the free zones in collaboration with the private sector at Ghana's major border towns such as Aflao, Paga, Elubu, Sankase, and Tatale to enhance economic activity, increase exports, and reduce smuggling and create jobs. Temaport will be fully automated and benchmarked to be as efficient as some of the best ports in the world like Hong Kong, Singapore and Dubai. Also there will be a new policy of aligning import duties and charges at the Temaport port to the import duties and charges at the Lomi port in Togo. <laughs> uh, which is who Togo Alumi is our main competitor. This will reduce smuggling and tax avoidance. Also, for spare parts importers, duties will be at a flat rate per container, 20 foot or 40 foot, and that is what we are going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, let us now move to dealing with corruption. I entered politics to serve the nation. My passion is solving problems. My passion is helping the poor, the vulnerable, and the disadvantaged in society. Accumulation of wealth is not and has never been a passion or an ambition. This is why, throughout my public life, I have pursued policies, especially through digitalization, to check corruption in places like the ports, the DDLA, the NHRS, the Passport Office, and the Controller and Accountant General Department. So I have a solid track record in fighting corruption, and I have earned a reputation for doing so. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most potent weapons against corruption is transparency. Many, many corrupt activities are cash-based. Apart from the obvious economic benefits of moving in the direction of a cashless society, the literature does indicate that the more electronic payments are used in transactions as opposed to cash, the more there is traceability and therefore the less the corruption. I would like to bring Ghana close to a cashless economy in the shortest possible time. So far, The Bank of Ghana has made a lot of progress in this direction by putting in place a lot of the systems and infrastructure required. These include mobile money interoperability, merchant interoperability, the universal QR code system, GH Link, debit cards, e-switch and Ghana pay. We have put in place the necessary infrastructure for Ghana to go countries. Recently, the Bank of Ghana has completed a pilot of a digital version of the Ghana CD in or So, This is known as the Central Bank Digital Currency or the ECD. The E C D is designed to work online and offline and will be launched by the Bank of Ghana in due course. In my humble opinion, the ECD with appropriate privacy protections will be the ultimate weapon in our fight against corruption because it will provide transparency, reduce the risk of fraud, robbery, tax avoidance and money laundering since it will be easy to track the movement of money and identify suspicious activity. The E-City will quicken the pace of Ghana's move towards a cashless or near-cashless society. Ladies and gentlemen, to move towards a cashless economy, however, we have to encourage the population to use electronic channels of payment. To accomplish this, Under my administration, there will be no taxes on digital payments. The E-11 will therefore be abolished.
3: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: ladies and gentlemen,
0: Contracts for public scrutiny. Ladies and gentlemen, in advanced economies, workers are able to easily access credit to purchase basic items such as televisions, cars, and houses. They are able to do so because the credit system works and it is supported by individualized credit scoring by credit rating agencies. In Ghana, a credit system is yet to develop, and therefore life is harder for workers. It is my goal to make it easier and cheaper to access credit by leveraging on our data and systems, such as the Ghana Card, Ghana Post GPS, Mobile Money Interoperability, DVLA, GRA, the bank accounts, and all those to build an efficient credit system and the mortgage market in Ghana underpinned by individualized credit scoring and the digitalization of land titling and transfer. We look forward to starting individualized credit scoring in Ghana this year and will make it easier for Ghanaians to access credit at lower interest rates. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that when it comes to a national development plan, I believe we can find broad contours of a national development plan for which we can find consensus in areas such as education, health, industrialization, environment, and so on. I will support a consensus national development plan. Specifically, I will propose to amend Article 87 of the 1992 Constitution as well as the NDPC Act, Act 7479, to mandate political party manifestos and consequently economic and social policies of governments as well as budgets, to be aligned to the agreed-upon broad contours in specific sectors. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, The current constitution was designed mainly for political stability and it has achieved that. We need to amend it with the help of parliament to align it more for national development. In that context, I am committed to the process to amend the 1992 constitution through extensive public consultation with key emphasis on issues such as ex-gratia, the rights of dual citizens, elections of MMDCs, to deepen decentralization, empowering institutions while reducing the power of the president. Ladies and gentlemen, I want a Ghana where we place an emphasis on values and doing the right things, with the human factor playing its appropriate role in curbing corruption bribery, crime, dishonesty, and so on. A culture of governance founded on ethical values, transparency, professionalism, and meritocracy to create a modern government machinery that exhibits more intensity and determination to impose order, discipline, and enforce compliance of the rules and regulations that are in place. In this regard, we will have a strong partnership between government and faith-based organizations. The contribution of faith-based organizations, for example, the Catholic Bishops' Conference, the Christian Council, Pentecostal Council, and the Muslim Council, in areas such as education, health, infrastructure, youth development, and so on, is very significant and complements government's efforts. And so we are going to have them benefit from many of the incentives that we offer to some of our external development partners. Ladies and gentlemen, I will also have a major focus on policies, tax and other incentives to increase private and public investment in tourism, the creative arts and sports. More jobs for more job creation. We will build on the year of return, beyond the return, and December Ghana. We will also introduce initiatives such as digital streaming platforms for our artists and tax incentives to make tourism and creative arts a growth pole. Tax incentives will also be provided for film producers and musicians. To boost tourism and job creation, my government will implement an e-visa policy for all international travel visitors to Ghana to enable visas to be obtained in minutes subject to security and criminal checks. Ladies and gentlemen, sports is a multi-million dollar industry, an enabler for the youth. However, we have not realized our full sports potential. And we cannot maximize the full potential of Ghana sports with the same funding module we have operated since independence. My government will therefore prioritize the creation of incentives for corporate sponsorship as a sustainable module of financing sports development and promotion of our national teams including football, athletics, boxing at all levels. This will take the financial pressure off government and also enable government to redirect more support to other sports disciplines. The government, as part of a broad sports development mission, will establish the Ghana Sports Secretariat, which will be an agency under the ministry responsible for sports in collaboration with other such as the Ghana Education Service and Sports Federations. My government will also seek school-level collaboration with international sports bodies like the NBA and the NFL to make Ghana a hub for these emerging sports in Africa, to create more opportunities for our young people. Ladies and gentlemen, we have already tried this with the NFL, the governing body for American football which agreed to host in Ghana in 2022 the first... <laughs> which, which agreed to host in Ghana in 2022 the first ever NFL flat football in Africa after my engagement with them. This paved the way for 10 young Ghanaians to be selected to the United States to represent Africa in the global NFL t- tournament last year. Another set of young Ghanaians who were picked after the second NFL Africa football was also held in Ghana last year are currently in the United States to represent Africa. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to build a nation that cares for the interests of the poor and the vulnerable, like persons with disabilities, the aged, street kids, lepers, cerebral palsy patients, and so on, in collaboration with faith based institutions and the private sector. My government will also focus on special needs. To start with, we will recruit 1,000 special needs teachers teachers on how to work with special needs students. We will also more language therapists and an operational no. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, we have secured visa-free travel to a growing list of countries for the benefit of our citizens and businesses. However, the acquisition of passports by Ghanaians at home and abroad has continued to be difficult for many, even though it has significantly improved. So far, Ghana has about four <laughs> rolled on the Ghana card, which is also an e passport. To make it easy for Ghanaians to obtain passports, under my government, any Ghana card holder Would only have to pay a fee for a passport. (laughs) You won't have to apply for a passport when you hold a Ghana
1: If you are a holder, Uh, we were invited to this program and then I uh, say, it's loud about the idea you're trying to bring the board on board. board, 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 board,
4: And then we think, um, powerful is because they support any new candidate who is coming to help us in this country. Thank you.
0: So if you if you apply for your passport and pay for it, people you to your home using your digital address. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the Baumian administration will also prioritize the full implementation of the Affirmative Action Act. As should hopefully have been passed by January 2025. Under my government,
1: free senior high school education will continue and we will. En- Give me your name and why you should come.
0: My name is Abdurrahim and I know. comment I Cover every sect this is possible
2: that whatever
0: Talking about the economy,
1: the country, my my project. In conclusion, the choice into is, is between Vice President Bawumia and former President Mahama.
5: It is.
0: Okay, everyone's over there. Between
5: them,
2: I have, uh, two other matters.
0: Of a vice president, not perhaps make a mark. I would let you be the judge of that. Of a vice president,
1: not perhaps make a mark. I would let you be the judge of that.
0: That I have never been president of this country before. to become one, one of the most Im-
1: presidents <laughs> in <Gardens Institute>. Ghana's <laughs> history. I have outlined any <laughs> oh.
2: that should put us
0: on the right path and transform our economy. I know that Many of us might be tempted to say that we have had many bright and even brave ideas before, and that will be true. Many will say the problem we have is not of ideas, but implementation. Many will say the problem is. I offer only what has guided me throughout my life: hard work, personal integrity, accountability and selfless leadership. I am determined to make a difference. And with you, with honesty and integrity, with wisdom and decisiveness.
6: And, and since he apologies there uh, for that terrible connection, it is from source the, that feed is being provided. Uh, to us, to all media houses, uh, by the, the team that is covering this from the ground. And that's why we're having that technical challenge. We're trying to, to fix it ourselves, but it's been, uh, it's been a challenge to do so. Uh, let's see if um, the technical team would managed to, to reach the source and, and managed to get some clarity through, uh, through the particular speech at the end.
1: Give me the opportunity. You know what I
0: stand for. You know my vision. My vision about your mission. I believe in the ingenuity of the Ghanaian. Together, in building a progressive society of open opportunities and a shared prosperity. Born or poor, born from the north, from the south, born Christian or Muslim, a boy or a girl. With support. We can win
1: together. It is possible. Thank you for it. God bless you and God bless our homeland, Ghana. A big round of applause for His Excellency and the leader of the New Patriotic Party. Mrs. Palmia, please join your husband on stage. round of applause for Dr. Mahmud Balmer again and us some times I tell I you come up last year was back this year where your flags where your flags where your flags where your flags it is, it is, it is. Let's give them a big round of applause ladies and gentlemen
5: and as they resume their seats please let's all resume our seats wherever we may be we are almost at the end of the event
6: That there is the uh, vice president, Dr. Balmier. You can see him uh, on our screens together with the wife, shaking hands after that uh, seminal speech for him where he laid out his vision uh, for this country. And he ends by making the point uh, that, uh, as far as he's concerned, this year's elections is fundamentally a choice between the future, he says, and the past. He says, we've, we've asked ourselves, we need to ask ourselves a few questions, he says. If you want someone, you can trust to come up with innovative and impactful ideas to transform Ghana. Then he says, it is him. Well, he's laid out his vision and made his case. What do you make of that? And I have Wasting uh, and with me in the studio. And I, I must say, sincere apologies for that terrible uh, connection. The sound quality from Source was bad. I mean, we tried to fix it. Uh, it was. Measurably difficult to do so. There are circumstances beyond our control as we're taking from a source that was provided to all media houses and that why you saw that struggle there with that connection to the ground uh, in terms of the sound quality wincing. So here we have it. Uh, we
3: speculated, we anticipated. You've had it now. Did it meet your expectation? Well, I like some of the, I mean, I like uh, a lot of the things he said. There are some that um, I disagree, but of course it's not all about me. Um, I like the bit about the private sector, uh, you know, playing a major role in infrastructure development. Now, these are things we've talked about. We've talked about the fact that it's obvious government cannot do a lot of the things. It's obvious that a lot of our roads uh, need to be developed and tolled. okay? So um, many of us were uh, against, for instance, the removal of road tolls. We said that that uh, should be maintained and, in fact, even should be increased under certain circumstances because if you have major world-class roads, you'd have to toll them to make money. So. I mean, that's something that it's important. We've also talked about, um, you know, he tells us, for instance, how he intends to go about taxation, for instance. He wants to have a flat rate for a lot of, uh, you know, the SMEs and uh, private businesses that would occupy 98% of it. Um, I didn't hear the percentage that he wants to give us a flat rate. I think that's something that uh, would come up when, you know, discussions are held Uh, further. He's talked about wanting to have uh, you know, not more than 50 ministers. For me, that's a good thing. I mean, the good thing about this election is that now we're hearing, John Muhammad had talked about not more than 60 ministers. He Mm -hmm. talks about not more than 50 ministers. And so we're getting to a scene where uh, all of them are committing to lean governments. And for me, that's the most important thing. On the whole, on the whole, I mean, earlier we were talking about the fact that he cannot come and pretend as if he's not, you know, uh, been part of a government. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's part of a government. He's talked about what they have done. Uh, Some of the things I rehash, a lot of the things I rehash of what we already know Mm -hmm. when it comes to all the things they've done. uh, But when it comes to the vision, on the face of uh, all that I have heard, looks like a good vision, but we will begin to do the analysis from tomorrow. And so, from tomorrow on the Super Morning Show, we'll have a lot to say about what these things and and the fundamental question we're asking ourselves at the beginning
6: of this when we're told that this was a speech to create that departure between himself and his current boss. Did he deliver that? And there are a few things he said that sort of emphasizes that point because we're told to expect that today he will he will he will show us that He's different in policy and in action. Then a few things. One, the most controversial uh, tax handle currently, which the government had asked the ECG to implement, was a 15% on VAT. This was what he said about that. He said, the new policies that I am proposing to implement in 2025 will give us a fiscal space to eliminate some taxes, such as VAT on electricity. He says, if still on the books, In, in other words, he's saying he will abolish the fifteen percent on VAT, if it's still on the books, if it wins uh, in twenty twenty-five. But you see the way he puts it. Fiscal space, he puts it within the fiscal space question. Right? And that to give fiscal space to eliminate some taxes. You create a he he necessarily saying I want to create a fiscal space first. Yeah. When I create a fiscal space, I will abolish the fifteen percent on electricity. If it's still on the books. As we see tonight, government has written to ECG and NETCO to tell them to suspend the plan implementation. Right? So so that's one. The most categorical for me. But 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 that point also.
3: Yeah, that point. Mm. If now if you're able to create fiscal space, that's a condition. Yeah. Which we say will be sufficient condition to implement it. Mm. I don't think we need a sufficient condition. Tell us you want to. Abolish it, and that's the end of it. Mm. And so he's talked about a lot of things. And, and, and let me just chip this in before you go on mm-hmm. to your point, because he also talks about how he thinks that government should not be buying a lot of things. They should be leasing things. I want to know. I want to see the figures. Not just say, so, for instance, would it be cheaper for government to lease? Would it be cheaper for government to buy? Let's appreciate these things. I mean, I'm sure they, they may have worked the figures before coming out to say them. Let's know, for instance. So, if a V8 goes for um, 180,000, just by purpose of analysis, dollars. Um, if you're renting it or if you're leasing, okay, if you're leasing it over a period, uh, over the five-year period you want to lease it, how much is that going to cost you? Um, the wear and tear, who's going to take care of it? All of these things are things we can actually check, and we can do the analysis later on. If it's cheaper, why not? Yeah, and then he also makes the point, and this was very categorical,
6: that the e-levy will be abolished under him. He says he will abolish the e-levy. And and for me, this was the most categorical he's ever been on, in essence, saying, well, I disagreed with my own government on this. They did this without my knowledge or without my blessing, without my blessing. And if I get opportunity as my own man, I will abolish it. Because what's the point? He's the a, a chair of the economy management team. Currently, I have speak to the As I speak to E-Levy. He is still on my books. You've paid today when you, when you transferred yeah. your, your uh, Momo. But the man who is the chair of the economy management team, who is the vice president, who still sits in cabinet, who still chairs it, says, if I get the opportunity to become president, I will abolish it. He's telling you very loudly that I did not support this when it came to cabinet and there was a debate. At uh, the economic management team, if it did, and I expect that this, a huge tax handle like this would definitely come to the economic management team, I chaired it, and somehow I was overruled. How? The, the, that screams a lot when he, when he makes that, that yeah. declaration. For a policy that is still being implemented, vice president says, when, when you give me the chance, I will abolish it. But he says a tone at the top, didn't he? When he says, well, I am the driver's mate now. Yeah. And I'm looking for the money to be my own man, and when I get my that authority, um, I will abolish something that is currently kind of being so, implemented I mean, on I, my I, watch.
3: I, I, I see it this way also. And so the Vice President when he was talking about his um, tax system, tax reform, uh, talks about how uh, it's estimated that I mean how much we do not get to collect is in excess of some thirteen percent of GDP. That's over twenty about twenty four billion dollars. Over two hundred and 40 billion Ghana cities. Mm. Okay, so he's talking about putting in place measures to be able to collect all of these. And that's why he's introducing a flat rate for SMEs and all of that. And we have said all the time, uh, you know, that where there's a favorable tax regime, people do not avoid or people do not evade. So where I, I hear him saying, this is what I intend to do. And based on that, so when he creates fiscal space, now E Levy. He he wants to create a fiscal space of, for instance, three percent of GDP. And if we're looking at GDP for uh, 2024, which is expected to uh, be about total, uh, I thought to to be about some one trillion. Then three percent, you're looking at some thirty billion. Currently, E Levy will be raking in less than three billion Ghana cities. So that means that if you do all of these things. You would have enough revenue, okay? you have enough space, and would not need e-levy. He's talked about a lot of cost-cutting measures. He's talked about running a lean government. He's talked about other things which he believes would help the government. So all of these things will lead to the abolishing of the e-levy. But this is the point also. Mm-hmm. The vice president has consistently shied away from the e-levy conversation. Yeah. And that would give an indication that he may not have been in support of it. But of course, um, it it, it wouldn't have made sense earlier to go out there to say, I am not in support of it. His action today would tell you, would suggest, you can reasonably infer that he was not in support of it. And some of the things that he's not in support of, he wants to say, he, he now says, I would abolish them. But this is the other point also. In doing so, because he's talking about creating space, cutting down a lot of things, which would free a lot of expenditure, that would make sense. Because if you have all of these things, then you can move on and say, I don't need to, for instance, bedding people with a 15% VAT on electricity. No, but that, 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 that particular intervention he says he would implement if
6: the 15% is on VAT in 2025 raises fundamental questions. As we know, it was part of the IMF program. Um, Proposals that we put before the IMF. And this program is different from what we used in the past when the IMF dictated to us and we had to negotiate. This is bring your own program. Tell us what you want to do to achieve these set targets, fiscal targets, etc. And then we discuss if indeed they will deliver on that, then you go ahead and implement. So in other words, a 15% VAT is what government went to the IMF with. Now, it begs the question. It must have come through Cabinet. It did. It must have gone through the economy management team, which he chairs. It must have. Let's assume he didn't even go to the, to that. He must have come through cabinet. He definitely was in cabinet when he saw this um, particular one go through, right, um, before it was passed. People ask the question, but why didn't you do enough to stop it there? Why wait till 2025 when a lot of people would have suffered as a result of that, possibly dragged more people into poverty because they are paying 50% on VAT, etc.? When that question is asked of him, and that question will be asked tomorrow, I'm sure you'll be asking that question yes. <laughs> on the Super Morning Show, or on PMs. Or I'll be asking, what what what's the most? It's a
3: difficult question, but what's the most plausible answer? To well, that? Be, 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 because I'll be asking the question. You don't want, <laughs> I, I don't want to answer the question.
7: Freedom is all about choices, and while there is only one Jeep brand, you have the freedom to choose from an epic lineup of Jeep brand vehicles. Hit the trails with the versatile classic, the Jeep Gladiator, or experience the wild in style with the sophistication and comfort of the Jeep Grand Cherokee or Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Looking for a more immersive experience? Let nature come to you in the open-air Jeep Wrangler or Jeep Wrangler 4xE, America's best-selling plug-in hybrid. Whatever you choose, adventure is just one drive away. Visit Jeep.com for details. Based on 2022 CYQ4 sales, GD Power retail sales data, Jeep is a registered trademark.
6: <laughs> well, but, but that but that is but that's but that's, a, that's a big one yes because th- this is something that the government went to the so, AMA, yeah, so wait. i mean i
3: can I, I can actually join you in i mean adding further to that and more saying, questions more to questions me. to that and saying so at what point in time did you realize that this was a bad one was it when he was going to parliament couldn't you have done anything to stop it Is it going to be business as usual to say, I was the driver's mate and I wasn't the man in charge, and so now I want to do this? Well, let's see what the response is. And it's also
6: fair then to ask, okay, so because of what he says about e-levy, that he abolished, and the conclusion there is very obvious, that I I didn't support this when it came to cabinet and the economic management team, it's fair to ask him, okay, so we understand you're not the boss. So you don't have the final say. You can scream and kick all you want. If the boss said that's what I want. Eventually, you have to play ball or you resign, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you stayed in. If you stayed in, we want to. So what did you do to oppose it? And and how how far did you go? When especially in the especially in the case of the fifteen percent, because it was our proposal. When that document came before cabinet, did he see it? What did he do specifically to oppose it and to raise it challenges this will pose
3: uh, to? the the people all, this was something that was sneaked in in the end. I mean, those are questions that... Did he, for instance, instance, inform the president when he told the president, because he's the driver's mate, so he Mm. would have discussions with the driver. Was his argument solid enough to have convinced the president? Did he propose some of the things he's proposing now to the president, that we can actually do these Mm. and create enough fiscal space? So you want to know whether all of these things happened Mm. and where the solid arguments or okay. the president refuse all of these i, I want
6: to take i want to take us right now to the uh, premises of the upsc where dr barma just finished addressing the country i want to bring in my colleague kojo briggs who's having an interaction with the director of communications for the mpp miss ahiaba
5: Imagine that if we make barma the president this mineral development bank will come in and will give us the opportunity to be able to exploit and leverage our resources for our benefit uh, but you agree with me that same happened with the $1 million per constituency. Sources of uh, the, the sources revenue funds. So it's right we have to find out where are the funds coming from. We have to understand it from now to be able to make a good judgment. Well, if you keep asking that question, then I can, I can tell you that you have doubts in your mind about what is possible. It is possible. You must have a bright dream and you have a dream doing this. And you agree that having a, development, a mineral development bank is a good idea. And if it's a good idea, we have the minerals. We can leverage our minerals to generate the revenue to be able to do that. But the $1, $1 million per constituency was a good idea, but you couldn't do it. Well, th- those are two different things. And these are two different leaders who are uh, pointing forward with a new vision. And we believe that with this, look, you see the $1, million, one constituency, people keep saying that it wasn't, it didn't materialize. But it did materialize. It, it only didn't materialize in the form people expected. The people were thinking that $1 million will be given to the MP or to a constituency. But it was managed through the Special Initiative Ministry to create and invest in infrastructure projects. Like that what? Was that. Oh, you are aware of all the, the special... Those, those KVIPs are still they're not un- uncompleted, yeah, you are the, You are the journalist. You have go and investigate and find the result. I told you, you know about the one, uh, one constituency, one ambulance. It's part of that. That is there. Let's talk about it. If there are challenges, let's talk about it. But the initiative was carried out, and I think that we can intensify and make sure that initiative continues to help. It is nothing to compare with a new vision that the uh, Premier is bringing, which is to create a mineral development bank to help us leverage and benefit as a country from our mineral resources. Richard, I'm to you for coming. Well, so let's uh, bring in the, the trades uh, th- those people who are involved in the business world and um, uh, bringing someone who is really when it comes to importation it plays a key role how are you sir i'm good i don't know the name oh no 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 i know i just want us to go straight to this conversation now you heard him talk about the ports how they want to make business uh, they want to
6: as uh, Kojo Brace, I uh, have an interaction uh, with the Sibid, who represents the importers and uh, exporters there. And you want to
3: join us uh, at, at 9 p.m. tonight, but also on the Super Morning Show tomorrow? Tomorrow, yes. Um, we have a great conversation. We will, in detail, in depth, review everything that he has said. And, um, yeah, so join us. Uh, you know, he's talked about, uh, I've just been looking at the speech um, from around page uh, 38 to. About um, 70, he talks about his vision. So more than 30 pages talking about his vision. Mm. We want to, uh, you know, analyze all of it in, in detail, look at the feasibility or otherwise of it. So um, that's what we'll be doing tomorrow on the Super Morning Show. Okay,
6: uh, you want to join Wingstein Because one, one of the things we'll definitely be doing yeah. is fact-checking. Sure. Um, because a lot has been said tonight that uh, he's begging for that. Bamiya himself believes in, in the importance of facts, so we'll do that also. At PM Express in- uh, thirty minutes and the thirty minutes will also be uh, beginning to dissect this a bit more we'll look at this from the point of view of his own people to digest a bit more of what he had said but also analyzing uh, the, the messaging sometimes the f- the form is more important than the substance in this case both were equally important they needed to show us in what he says and how he said it his body language even the way he was dressed to show that this I am different from you know the man I've served. We will analyse the the soft bits too. When when he joined us on PM Express, and his relationship with the with the finance minister was was mm-hmm. one that I was watching out for, especially when he categorically said. He didn't see the finance minister. Did you see? Him? I, I didn't see him there too. Uh, maybe he was there. We we haven't seen. No, that, that's what I said. I didn't yeah, see. I him didn't there. see him too. Yeah. 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 But 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 I, I I heard him mention the finance minister one, not name, not by name, but by designation, and he was thanking um, the economic. Who have helped to improve the economy in the midst of the crisis, You know who he thanked? Go well, ahead. <laughs> he thanked the governor of the central bank. Yeah. He was clear about how the governor of the central bank and he says criticism they received is unfair. You know who else has received criticism? And they said he should leave his job and party folks come you know, and gang against you know who? Ken. Well, you know him. He, he didn't say that was unfair. In fact, he didn't mention him at all. There's something he said, though. He mentioned him once. And when he was mentioning him, in the, in the context of emphasizing what he, as an individual, had done, I will read it, and then we will end. I know tomorrow this is something that you, you touch on also. He says, so when we assumed office in 2017 as vice president, I made a decision with the blessings and support of the president to focus on the critical but underdeveloped systems that would expand the economy improve systems and create jobs through digitalization therefore as the finance minister therefore as the minister for finance oversees the budget into bracket fiscal policy and the governor of the central bank also focused on monetary exchange rate policy i focused on the
3: complementary data and systems so this is it. You know, you're know, you looking at an economy, you're looking at the fiscal, that's the finance minister. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the monetary, that's the governor. And you're looking at a complementary system. Mm-hmm. The complementary is supposed to complement these. What, how did the complementary role complement these? And how did the complementary role lead us to where we are today? A lot of things to talk about. A, a lot of things to talk about. And, and, and he creates that clear distinction
6: between what I did and what the finance minister did, and what the bank of <laughs>
3: You know, these are... And, and there's, there, there's a lot to really unpack. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot There's a lot. I, I have to say, but I'll say it tomorrow. You know, hold on to that. <laughs> but, but yes, I mean, you can trust that we'll get into this a
6: bit more, and the undertones are very, very clear, um, because of what we know happens in the grapevine, and yeah. of course behind closed doors. But he's laid out his vision. Did he convince you that he is different? Did he convince you that he has a vision that... Is not the same, that he's, he's really unique and that he is his own man. Now, you can engage that on our many social media platforms. PM Express in 30 minutes. Join me then. <laughs>
8: Till the job is done. Turn your home and business into an internet highway and experience the revolution of working and playing without limits. Visit broadband.mtn.com.gh to sign up for MTN Fiber for Home and Business today.
7: Across Africa, a new era has begun. Shifting our focus to a new horizon, connecting us with the one purpose, to create and share opportunities to grow. Today, we are making a brighter tomorrow. Built by our dreams and our energy. Across our continent, across the world, we are creating a better way to a better future. A pan-African future, together. ECOBANK, a better way, a better Africa. Across Africa, a new era has begun. Shifting our focus to a new horizon, connecting us with the one purpose, to create and share opportunities to grow. Today, we are making a brighter tomorrow built by our dreams and our energy. Across our continent, across the world, we are creating a better way to a better future. A Pan-African future, together. EcoBank: a better way, a better Africa. In life,
8: you sometimes seem to be cruising along. Just when you least expect it things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Glyco Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare and finance. Glyco we pushing you for life.
1: Afa, Afa, CMAF scan and we promo. fili the e buta!
9: Binyanumda is for, lesson for, any artisans now. CMAF scan and we promo. In After what you see, quality quality CMAF, our show, 50 kilograms, Kusuro. For sa, a Juma no one na a Jregu. Amap wa Juma no IFF, fe,
10: Perfect finishing for Fabiola. That will win me check baby. What is meant in here, The <throttle>
0: bag no hold. Scan QR code no. Kai say and will scan QR code no. win your points. Points no me udibeti miya cheetie ti say. Mobile airtime, walking shopping vouchers, cement, motorbikes, accessories, block machines. En miya cheetie baby. So points no the a cheetie a open one. and one no a win promo. Minya, minya scan it. scan and win promo.
4: We are the university with 26 years of excellence in education now in Ghana. We are both the university, offering degree programs in health information management, software engineering, network security, and computer forensics. Admission is in progress with up to 50% scholarships for the first 150 students. Locators at East Ligon, near ANC Mall, Call 0302-523782. Or WhatsApp 20 990 for more details. Both the University Vibrance Innovation.
7: Across Africa, a new era has begun. Shifting our focus to a new horizon, connecting us with the one purpose, to create and share opportunities to grow. We are making a brighter tomorrow, built by our dreams and our energy. Across our continent, across the world, we are creating a better way to a better future. A pan-African future, together. EcoBank: a better way, a better Africa.
1: Daddy, Daddy, or... this tank is big!
5: Yes, that's true.
1: It can store a lot of water. That's
5: so true.
1: Wow, it has a walking surface on it. hmm
3: that's so
1: true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S, mm-hmm. syntax. Mm-hmm. That
4: is so true, my daughter.
8: skincare you deserve dream whether it's 1924 2024 or 2124 we've always known that you are driven by your sense of safety and well-being it is what drives us to to see you through from start to finish from small to big and in the last 100 years As you have evolved so have we also expanded to serve you in many ways from cradle to grave with expertise and insurance life pensions properties health and for those beautiful memorable goodbyes it's 2024 and in all our markets our pedigree is recognized our strength respected our expertise valued and our solutions sought by all who desire an advantage in life. Experience the time-tested and truly trusted 100 years legacy of Ghana's oldest insurer. Take charge of your future now. Insurance, life, pensions, property management, funeral services, health insurance. Enterprise, for your advantage.
4: Dive into a new era of news consumption with MyJoyOnline.com, your go-to destination for cat journalism, giving you the most credible stories from business to politics and from sports to entertainment. MyJoyOnline.com introduces an upgraded news website meticulously designed to empower you with an enriched browsing experience like never before. Experience the future of news browsing with MyJoyOnline.com.
2: Com. Hey, what's up?
0: How far was your intention? To be honest, I'm so nervous about starting this new world on Monday.
4: Oh, please, I know you'll be great You should be worried about what benefits they have. Example, do they have health insurance? I don't know how that for internet. am so no shaking. I have any NHIs already.
2: I've seen someone lying.
4: look at you. What are you going to do in your office when you can just download your app to register for an NHIS membership? Yes, my people. You heard right. You can now download and register your membership on my NHIS app. No long queues or tedious paperwork. All you need is your Ghana card to register for yourself and for others. Once you register, you get a new digital NHIS card on your phone. My NHIS app gives you access to credentialed health facilities and services across the country. NHIS covers over 95% of disease conditions in Ghana. Access to healthcare just got easier. Now let me sign up quickly. Miss Seth, I'm starting work next. Is brought to you by Commended DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.
11: I'm Sports, and let's bring you some update from the African Cup of Nations tournament underway in Abidjan. It's the semi final phase of the competition. And guess what? The Super Eagles of Nigeria beating Bafana, Bafana of South Africa 4 2 on penalties to reach the Finals of the tournament ten years after the last made it to the final. And the Super Eagle secured a penalty after uh, Victor Osiman was brought down in the box by Mothorbi Valla at the Stadley Pie in Bwake. Uh, Nigeria let one go to nil in the 67th minute when Captain William Trustecon converted a low driven penalty into the middle of the net, fooling um, Ronwen Williams in goal. Nigeria thought they had sealed the game with two goals to nil lead when Oseman scored as he lashed onto a pass inside the penalty box and find a perfect low strike, which went inside the left post. However, a video assistant review verdict said there was no goal for Nigeria due to a foul in the build-up play. The decision was overturned and the penalty. Was given to South Africa. Nigeria sealed the game for three on penalties after Enwa Bali saved two of them. Now Nigeria's performance in the AFCON has brought the super eagles to the final as they strive to secure their fourth AFCON title and their second in 10 years. Now, uh, my colleague Fifi Manfred did monitor the game and he's joined me via Zoom for some quick update. Um, some some quick you know analysis thoughts on what transpired in that game between South Africa and Nigeria. But just to mention that, underway Ivory Coast and Democratic Republic of Congo are also playing now and waiting to see who will join Nigeria in the final come Sunday. So uh, still half time game, uh, half time about some 35 minutes played and um, no goals scored at the moment. Let's get to Zoom now, and uh, let's touch base with my colleague, Fifi Manfred. Fifi Manfred, and uh, Fifi, good to have you, good to have you. I mean, finally, uh, we have our first finalist of this year's AFCON, and it is Nigeria. Is it fair to say it's it's been deserving because they're yet to lose a game uh, in this tournament?
12: Well, thank you very much. Um, I I think that this is... Last time that we were on the show with myself and Daniel Cranton, we predicted that the Nigerian team is very, very difficult to break down, yeah, and that it was going to be what for any team that meets them, um, that would meet them, um, I mean, in the lead up to the final to defeat them. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've shown their mettle. They uh, played in the last game, they showed that they were the superior team, mm-hmm. and then this time as well in the game against South Africa, it was stretched, they went to extra time, mm-hmm. but they held their own, even in the penalty shootout you could tell that the Nigerians had practiced that um, set piece very well. The last time we were speaking about goalkeeper Ron Williams' priorities in the last penalty shootout, but by this time, um, he seems to be very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Nigerian team seems to have prepared very well. They um, waited for him to, to choose their side when he wanted to dive to before they played yeah. the upper penalty kicks. And he that the Nigerians were very, very good um, in this game that they played. And they, they are deserved finalists, in my opinion.
11: I mean, of course, um, not, some have said that South Africa were unlucky because they could have even sealed the game in regulation time when they'd had that last gas chance, which um, not sure which player do, but completely ballooned the ball. It was an opportunity to kill the game in regulation time. I mean, what didn't work out for South Africa today?
12: I think that the South Africans are actually very good in mean, game. They had a couple of chances. Like you were saying, they dictated the pace of the game um, mm-hmm. via excellent build up. Again, goalkeeper Ron Williams is somebody that could um, um, control the pace of the game from his build up and everything mm-hmm. that he did. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like you said, uh, they were just not clinical up front. I mean, there were a couple of chances from Tibet Omo and another chance from Bokpap, and then Keenan, but they all they failed to convert those chances, mm-hmm. and that's why they, were, they are where they are now. If they had converted those chances, it's a bit have been a different conversation altogether
11: um, now on Prime mean, Sports. For Nigeria, though, um, some did suggest that South Africa were possibly the only team that can stop Nigeria from winning the tournament. They have failed at that job. Is it, therefore, fair to say that Nigeria will go ahead and win the game and uh, win the trophy come Sunday, regardless of the opposition they get to face between DR Congo and Ivacoast?
12: Well, um, yes, and also historically, the Nigerians are backed by that statistics. I mean, uh, when they get to the final, when they manage to get there, it's difficult for you to um, prevent them from winning the trophy. I mean, in the last 10 years ago, in 2013, when they were there, Mm -hmm. the Puglia Metal, they were able to win it. And this time, you could tell from um, the growing trajectory of their play the Quality of their games, game management, and mm. I think that they've been the best team in the tournament well. mm. thus they far. They haven't lost a game, they've considered the least number of those. I mean, um, up until this one, they were on the same level with the South Africans. Um, they're very, very good side defensively. And mm. in tournaments, it's the defenses that win to you. If they're able to put in a shit like this that they've shown in the tournament in a fire against whoever, either of the Ivorians or the DRC, I think that they stand a great chance at winning uh, the African Cup of Nations. So, yeah, the Nigerians are well-deserved finals, and I think that um, they, 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 I mean, in terms of the bookmakers, you could even see that they have a higher chance of winning that African than any other side that are left in the competition that's well.
11: Well, there is uh, one other game. DR uh, Congo and Ivory Coast. I understand that is, um, they've gone on half time, right? They've just played the first 45 minutes of that game. I'm um, sure you've been monitoring the first half. Have you had an idea of which opposition Nigeria might face on Sunday?
12: Well, um, yes. Like I said, we are uh, in the studios of Laudan 99.5 here. Yeah, um, I mean, Kumasi, we are picking the commentary from our partners um, mm-hmm. on, in the BBC. Mm-hmm. And we are monitoring the game. It's, I think that the DLC have I mean, held their own very well. Um, mm-hmm. They've been very good. They've large parts of the game. But also, you can tell that they are great up good in confidence. I mean, given everything that has gone on in the competition, mm. they look to be calmer, and they look like they are calmer in this game. Mm. Um, they are stringing passes together. And, and I like that mid combination of Jean-Michel Seri and Fana and, and of course, Frankie Anikese. But the issue is that the, the, the DRC have been very, very aggressive in, mm. in pressing Seri, and that's something that the Malians failed to do, even when they went up by a man. They have been very good at pressing Seri, mm. um combo and then of course um, have been much, much proactive in winning those balls in the middle of the park. Mm. I, I just think that the everyone will have it more mm. in terms of the psychological side of the game mm. and then the fact that
11: I was supposed to have lost Fifi Manfred very briefly over there but uh, just bring you an update of that game between the DRC and Ivy Coast it's Just half time gone by and uh, it's currently okay, going yeah, Fifi, we lost you for the last one minute. Can you just uh, rehash the point you were making?
12: Yeah, I was saying that given the, the trajectory of the Ivorians and how well they played, the fact that they've been going in confidence, mm-hmm. I think that they are going to do. I think that they will have what it take, especially in the second half. If they watch all the games the group stages... Um, They have done excellently well in the second half. They managed games better. They've created quality chances in the second half. And it looks as if they've had much, much endurance than almost everything else in the African Cup of Nations this time. And I think that they will have what it takes to undo the ERC in the second half. Mm.
11: Fifi, thank you very much. And uh, uh, just keep tabs on that game. And of course, we'll get to talk more about it later uh, on Joy Prime. That's Fifi Manfred. Uh, He's with our sister station, Live FM. And uh, lab commentaries on LabFM, if you are in Kumas you can also tune in there. But let's come to the Accra Sports Stadium now because that facility is expected to be used for the Africa Games, which is due to start next month. However, the state of the pitch is in a very deplorable state. Likewise, the sitting stands and the washroom, making it not ready for the Games. My colleague, uh, Achu Tamaklo, visited the facility and shares and has these observations for the first time in the history of the african
10: games tournament organizers will break tradition when they allow three different cities to host what is typically hosted by one when they allow accra cape coast and kumasi to host the football competition from the 8th of march when the games begin on the 8th of march the playing surface here at the Accra Sports Stadium will host some of the games. It will be the first time that the facility will be opened up to host any sport events since the National Sports Authority closed it down in December of last year. Since then, the facility has hosted two events: the Jesus Christ Encounter Crusade on the 2nd of December and 20 days later, the Beam Concert. So, we can presume that the National Sports Authority has made some money to put the facility in a state befitting of the events they are preparing for, right? Not quite. But don't take my word for it. Come with me as we check out the Accra Sports Stadium. We'll look at the playing surface, the washrooms, and where you, the fans, will be sitting Inter, when the games uh, begin on, on the, the 8th on of on March the ground. and see the current state of the facility. This is the playing surface. During the musical concert in December... It was exposed to heavy equipment, motorbikes and worse. Now though, it looks green. Just not the right kind of green. A closer look at the pitch will show that it's not all grass. There are weeds and mushrooms also competing for moisture, sunlight and nutrients in the soil. A calf official who recently inspected the pitch has told Joy Sports that there are six species of grass growing on its surface. Of that number, only one is natural grass fit for purpose, and it is less than 30% of the grass on the playing surface at the Accra Sports Stadium. The average time it takes to regrass a pitch is six months. The last time the pitch was regrassed was in 2017 ahead of the Women's African Cup of Nations in 2018. With just over a month to the games, regrassing is not an option. The National Sports Authority could, however, opt for what experts call top dressing. That will take between six and eight weeks. So top dressing, just like regrassing, is not an option. When the games begin, you may see a green pitch, or more accurately, a pitch of green weeds neatly mowed. So the pitch does not and is not likely to be in a good condition when the games begin on March 8. But what about the washrooms that the fans would use if they need to? When you enter the washrooms, you are greeted by a pungent choking smell. A smell that says, I'm sorry, lady or gentleman, but this is not the place for you. If you insist on using the facility, everything that you see will confirm everything that smell said to you. From the toilets to the urinals, none of these have been cleaned for months. For regular users of the Accra Sports Stadium, it is exactly what they expect, and that is why many come to the Accra Sports Stadium not planning to use the washrooms. If I didn't know better, I would assume that the National Sports Authority does not care about the state of this facility or the patrons of the Accra Sports Stadium. But they say they do. They say they mean well. But when you walk into this facility to use it, what you see here, what you experience in the washrooms will give you an impression that this is a poorly managed facility. The National Sports Authority often rents out the facility for top dollar. So where exactly do these monies go to? What are these monies used for? Going around the facility, there is little evidence of the reinvestment from the revenues accrued from renting out the facility into fixing the pertinent issues at the Accra Sports Stadium. We have taken you to the washrooms. You have seen how unkempt they look. Clearly not being managed. Take a look at these broken plastic seats next to me. A bit further away from me, and those to my right hand side. The NSA closed down the Accra Sports Stadium to make money they ostensibly would reinvest into replacing these broken seats, cleaning the washrooms, possibly regrassing the pitch and fixing and leaving the Accra Sports Stadium in a much better better state. But two months since the facility was closed down. There is no evidence of any reinvestment into the facility. In February, the Ghana Premier League will resume. Probably before that, we're going to have the National Division One League and the various clubs in the greater Accra region who use this facility getting into action. When they start using the facility, when football fans resume attending matches, they are not going to find this facility in any better state than it was when they were
11: last here. Well, that's all we have for you on tonight's edition of Prime Sports with me, Rosak at Nexus PM Express, and there's more on that Vice President's message to the nation.
4: Sports segments was brought to you by... The DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.
9: Businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with
8: the global reach. This new year, GoTV is stepping up your entertainment at no extra cost to you. If you're on GoTV Value, upgrade to GoTV Plus and watch GoTV Max already on GoTV Plus. Then upgrade to GoTV Max to enjoy GoTV Super. And if you're on GoTV Max, upgrade to GoTV Super to enjoy the best of the best on GoTV Super Plus. Don't wait for the best sport, international entertainment and local shows. Step up today. It's on us. GoTV. Love it.
4: Crystal clear and thrilling podcast and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible. Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. the President of the Republic of Ghana in 2016 pledged to ensure free senior high school education for every Ghanaian child. Under the leadership of the President and the sector Minister Honourable Dr. Yao Ose Edushum the first year enrollment has risen from 308,000 in 2016 to over 500,000 students being enrolled each year under the policy making over 1.6 million children enrolled under the policy as of 2022. The Transformation Agenda Series on Education exposes you to the varied and various achievements of government in the area of education, delving into the policies, interventions, and infrastructure development that has occurred under the leadership of the President. Be my guest this and every Tuesday as we bring you documentaries from across the 16 regions of Ghana on Joy News between 6.30pm and 7.00pm, Transformation Agenda Series on Education, Reimagining Education for National Development.
6: Mental day for the vice president, the candidate for the new patriotic party. And today he has been delivering a speech that his own people term his speech to show that he is indeed different from the president that he serves. And today we're going to be assessing that message. Balmier's case for president. We'll get into that. And if you've missed it, uh, it just ended just a few minutes back around 30 minutes back when he wrapped it up and he said a few things and he wanted to really assert the point that he is his own man. Let's go through that for you in a summary for those of you who are just joining us here on PM Express who want to catch up on what Baumia had said tonight. Uh, It was billed as a speech that will set him apart from the president, from his current boss and from the things that you didn't like about the government. He wanted to show you that he will be different if you elect him. So did he achieve that? What did he actually say? One of the first things he he said today was laying the foundation for us to uh, begin to appreciate that uh, he is one of the people who, of course, sits in cabinet in the EMT level. He did not throw the EMT under the bus. He was very emphatic that he was on the subcommittee on the EMT to cabinet, and we do not have any decision-making powers. He stresses that particular point. They are advisory, but I am very proud of the quality of advice we have been providing over the years to Cabinet. And so he, he makes two points here. I won't throw the entire EMT and the subcommittee I was on under the bus because he's part of it. How can he do that? He makes the point, yes, we don't have
2: decision-making powers, but we have provided solid advice. Okay, if you provide solid advice.